We're cleaning up some mistakes from the first game of the season, and Paul Pierce makes the 75th anniversary team. Of course he did. I'm talking about it right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talk about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast, and thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Remember, Lockdown Celtics is free, available on all platforms, including YouTube. So subscribe and get all of the podcasts, every one, every episode ever, at LockdownCeltics.com. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Okay, in this Friday episode, the Boston Celtics are getting ready for the Toronto Raptors on Friday night, a Friday night game, home opener at the Garden, and it looks like we're going to get Al Horford potentially back. Same thing as uh, Jalen Brown, first night. Uh, He was listed as questionable, so I think they're just waiting to see, make sure all their, you know, all the testing is all set and everything's all set to make sure that he's good, and I would expect that he makes his debut in this game against Toronto. So I'll talk about that in just a second. Later on, I'll talk about Paul Pierce because he had a nice honor that I mentioned at the top there. In the second segment, I'll answer a question about Robert Williams and a little couple of thoughts about Ime Odoka. First, we're cleaning up some mistakes. And I have to start by issuing an apology. An apology, an important, maybe the most important apology that I've ever issued. Apologies to Mims for getting the This Is Why I'm Hot song wrong. Apologies to Clips for saying it was you. You guys are obviously the grinding guys. But I had people in my mentions making sure that I knew I, I, hands up. I, my bad, I was wrong. And it was kind of funny to see people in my mentions going, oh, look at the old guy trying, you know, (laughs) we didn't expect you to do any, we didn't expect you to know any better. So, um, this is, uh, it's my fault. This is, this is an old man. Oh, the old guy, he's trying really hard. Uh, I'm going to get into Locked On Old Man Podcast. Let me tell you about the time I went and saw Bob Cousy in person. The seats were five cents apiece. Ten cents if you wanted front row, but I wasn't rich at the time. That's how I feel. So anyway, apologies for getting the song name wrong. I actually knew that, but what? Uh, (laughs) So let's get into the other mistakes that the Celtics were making. In the defensive mistakes were, were kind of obvious in, in this game. And I think when we look back on these defensive mistakes, the first thing, my overarching kind of look back at the game takeaway the second time around is, yeah, they made a lot of mistakes. And on top of all of the things that went wrong. So we talked in yesterday's podcast that 
obviously Jason Tatum missed a bunch of shots and he, yes, he was pressing. Emi Odoka went on the radio and said, yeah, Tatum started, he was pressing a little bit. I think that there was a, a, a stretch there where uh, I think everybody got caught up in the moment of the regular season. You know, like it was funny to watch that and see everybody just kind of reverting to bad habits as if the preseason didn't happen, as if everything through the first few weeks of training camp didn't happen. It's like you're in Madison Square Garden. This is the first like real full house that they've seen in a while for most of these guys. Uh, They did get a taste of it in, in the playoffs with Brooklyn, but this is like the first bit of regular season madness. ESPN, Madison Square Garden's going nuts. The intensity is high. And, and all of a sudden I think everybody was just like, Oh, Oh, what, what do I do? And they just, everybody went into the the same old habits, the Marcus smart kind of stretch where it was like, Whoa, Marcus, let's, let's dial it back a little bit. Tatum forcing shots and looking too much for his own where, you know, Emi Odoka even said like in those situations, you got to look to be a distributor and, and a few other guys, you know, Neesmith and Pritchard kind of tightening up. I think everybody tightened up a little bit. And so I look at that and I look at a couple of other defensive mistakes. The first one was Obi Toppin leaking out. And Udoka talked about that too. Uh, Toppin is a challenge and leak out kind of guy. You, when you're at, at the three point, if you're taking a three pointer and Obi Toppin's coming at you, he's going to challenge. And then he's just going to keep on going, trying to get those leak outs. And he gets a couple of those a game. The Celtics knew that that was going to happen, but Again, I think in that opening kind of craziness hoopla, they were like, oh, oh, that's right. I've got to get back. And they they know they're supposed to do it. And, you know, sometimes they just didn't do it. And yes, you're sitting there saying like, well, if you know you're supposed to do it, then why not just do it? For the same reason that any of us know we're supposed to do certain things at work. And sometimes you just don't do it. And I don't care how much money you make compared to they to these guys. The, the human nature is every so often when you're learning something new, a new system, I did it at Boston Sports Journal. We, re, we had a redesign and a whole new way to post our stories. And I did something right three times in a row. And the fourth time I screwed it up because I, I just forgot. You get in a, your mind is in a zone. You're focused on something else. Maybe you're thinking about something else that you're supposed to be doing. And then you forget that you're supposed to be doing this thing. So these types of mistakes, that type of mistake, fixable. The, the thing that Udoka talked about, the switching, they were switching one through five. So everybody switched that same type of defense. Everybody switches on defense. They stopped that to get uh, Robert Williams onto, um, onto Julius Randle. And so there were multiple times when Evan Fournier started going off that they it happened to Jason Tatum, happened to Jalen Brown. They went underneath a screen expecting a switch because when you switch, you want to get underneath the guy to get between him and the basket. So they're not slipping. I talked about this maybe a week or two ago, the, the lazy switches where you just kind of slide and you just, okay, you take my guy. I'm going to just sort of stand next to this guy now, but you leave a path to the basket for the guy you're switching onto to run to. So 
if you watch, and I broke this down on Boston Sports Journal, when you switch, you go between, you go under, you go between the pick setter and the basket so we can't get to the rim. But that leaves, if you're actually switching, that would leave Rob in a position to get up onto the shooter and be the challenge. But they stopped switching one through five, which meant, you know, you for people who don't know, one is the point guard, five is the center. Point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward. So each position gets a number, like baseball. The, the third baseman is three. So in, in basketball, it's one through five. So when they say we're switching one through four, that means the center does not switch. Whenever you're switching, whenever you're defending and the other center is setting a pick, you're not switching that. The Celtics a few times had Robert Williams saying, okay, we're not switching this, but Jalen and Jason saying like, oh, we are switching this, which means both people were behind the pick, which meant Evan Fournier get to take, got to take warm-up three-pointers and drill them and score uh, 14 points between the end of the fourth quarter and overtime. So that, that type of thing is communication. That is Jalen and Jason being more in the moment, focused, saying, okay, oh, all right, we're, we're all on the same page. It's, it's on, in some ways, it's also on Rob to, to say, hey, you know, you know, go through, go through, communicate. Everybody's got to be talking, right? So yes, at the very top, Jalen and Jason, whoever's in that position, you're supposed to know. Behind that, the person who's not switching should also just be communicating. Nothing wrong with over-communicating. Making sure that that guy knows. Go, get out, get out, you know, go through it. And then you can say it's also on maybe a little bit on Marcus Smart for just not, I'm just saying that Marcus Smart's there to, to just communicate as the, I don't know if he's going to be named captain, but as the leader on the team, just to communicate. Get the guys on the floor. Remember, okay, after that first screw up, remember, we're switching one through four. Okay, remember this, you know, uh, and it's on Ime Odoka. Maybe Ime is supposed to, you know, get those guys and gather them in the next stoppage of play and, you know, remind them, remind, him, you know, something. It's on everybody on the floor to know what's going to happen. All that being said, that's easy to clean up. That is something that's easy to clean up, and I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about guys miscommunicating, guys forgetting the game plan a little bit. Not right now. I'm not worried about – because if they clean that up a little bit, and that's – you take that on film, you sit down, and you watch that, and you say, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it now. You know, like however you communicate that. As I said, anytime there's a new system, there are going to be lapses like that. There will be against the Raptors on this Friday night mistakes that are made. No team plays perfect basketball all the time. And as I've said, I think people want everything to go perfectly. When it doesn't, they lose their minds. And it is a little bit hypocritical because we never do everything perfectly. We, uh, <laughs> we're all imperfect people that make mistakes at work all the time. Your, your pay scale notwithstanding. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Human beings make mistakes. So I, I come out of this, there are a lot of people wanting to overreact. I come out of this feeling like, okay, it, not, not great, not great, but it's okay. It's okay. They're, they're, they're not, more went right than went wrong to me. 
And the stuff that went wrong is fixable. So I'm I'm fine. Going to come back, talk about Rob, talk about Ime in just a minute. First, let's talk about McDonald's. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's, which has been proudly serving communities since 1965. You've walked into a McDonald's and you've seen a youth sports team building memories after some game, going in and having, you know, something to eat. Look, even even when I was in college, you know, smaller teams on smaller budgets, we every once in a while, you know, hey, look, you, you got 15 bucks in, in in food money. Let's go to McDonald's and let's let's really cash in and get some food because we were in our early 20s starving having just practiced or played a game. So memories over there in in a McDonald's. I remember when I was a kid, my mom would take me to McDonald's and get a filet of fish. She loved filet of fish, which is one of my favorite things to have every once in a while. I just get a craving because mom used to take us there and I always remember mom getting a filet of fish. You can even go to a McDonald's and sit there, have some reliable Wi-Fi, grab your laptop, sit and have a coffee that's, you know, it's actually pretty good coffee and do some work. You don't even have to buy anything else. Just buy a coffee and do some work in a McDonald's. It's, it's actually pretty cool. So head down to your local McDonald's, refuel, reconnect. Did somebody say a locked on Celtics watch party? I'm loving it. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day, free, available everywhere, all platforms. For your second listen, get everything you need from contender to pretender around the NBA with the ultimate insider NBA preview. It's the biggest and most comprehensive season preview that you can find wherever you get your podcast. I was fortunate enough to be one of the hosts on this, and uh, we included all of our local experts. It's a great preview for the NBA. Check it out. Five episodes. It's great to just, if you're doing nothing this weekend, binge it. It'd be great. Let's start with this question from Michael Burns, who submitted a question via the mailbag link on my website, johncorrales.com. He asked if he can stay healthy. Is there a realistic chance that the, the Celtics' third star player is Robert Williams? There is a, an outside chance that he could grow into that. What, what is Robert Williams going to be for the Celtics? I bring this question in because I think it's really kind of important to look at what Robert Williams is doing. And he played, what, 45 minutes in this game uh, against – well, I get the box score over here when I just look at it. <laughs> he played um, uh, 45 minutes. I was right. Trust your gut, John. Uh, he played 45 minutes and and – Apparently, is still in one piece, not on the injury report, which is great. So um, I think that Robert can possibly develop into enough of a player that you could say, is he the third star? I don't know if he's going to be the third star, but I, I can't say that he won't because we don't know about development. And and I think the we we do have this tendency to, to say, okay, we've seen this guy for a few years. We kind of know what he can be and not really take into account what he can grow into. And we don't know what he can grow into. Uh, I will say that the this game and this preseason, I, I've been kind of like, what's the word? I, I want iffy on Rob. I don't want to say it's not iffy, 
because I've seen him play and and he was good in this game and he was good against Julius Randle and he's just not playing the same way that he used to. And I, I don't know, and I've, I've just got to ask him, I got to figure this out. Is this a Rob got too heavy up top and he's slowing down and it's sapping his athleticism? Is it that the knee is bothering him or is he, is he saying like, I can't play out of control and be flying all over the place. I have to be more centered and less reliant on my athleticism and more reliant on my fundamentals. If it's the latter, if it's the last thing there, then that's actually a huge development. If it's the former and he's somehow hurt or slowed down by weight gain, then that's bad. And I don't know which one it is. If Robert Williams is saying to himself, all right, look, man, you know, you jump out the gym, but every time you do that, you end up getting hurt and you're always flying around and getting hurt. Maybe he had a conversation with somebody that said, look, we know that you've got this crazy vertical. Why don't you just save it for when you need it instead of using it all the time? And, and maybe you play a little bit more under control, which I would understand. So whichever one it is, we've got to figure out, but like the Robert Williams game that we saw against, um, against the, um, geez, why am I trying the Knicks? Whoo, <laughs> uh, was a great game. 16 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, three steals, five blocks. That's an amazing game. Want to be nitpicky? I want to see him up the assists a little bit, but if Jason Tatum hit a few more shots, then that might've upped the assists a little bit. So that's, that's very, very, very nitpicky. Um, I'm a little unsettled by his good performance coming from a non typical Robert Williams, uh, kind of performance. And the way I operate, well, I'll, I'll put it this way, how I see my job is I've compared it to staring out a window. And if you stare out a window looking at traffic and you see the same yellow car drive by at 1 PM every day, and then at 1 PM you look out and the car's not there, you wonder, huh, why is that yellow car not here? And that's establishing a baseline. I have spent a lot of time establishing a baseline with Robert Williams. I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out Robert Williams and uh, all of these guys, watching them over the course of their careers. And there's consistency. At 1 p.m., that yellow car drives by with Robert Williams. I know that there are going to be certain things with Robert Williams. And now all of a sudden, it's not the same. The yellow car has not been driving by. And I'm like, huh, it just could mean that it took a different route. Could be that that person got a new car. Could be anything. Could be innocuous. Could be something more serious. But all I know is that yellow car is not driving by at 1 p.m. And it's different with Rob right now. And I don't know if that's good or bad. And so we'll see. The results were good. The results were good. But also at the same time, in that game, he, he did like miss some dunks or he laid in one, one where it thought it was going to be a dunk. You're like, why isn't he, why isn't he doing Rob things? So 
the answer to this question from Michael could depend a lot on the answer to what, what, why is this so different for Robert Williams? Uh, let me get back to the Ime Udoka stuff and then Paul Pierce coming up after the break, after I talk to you about Built Bar. Did you know that there are tons of Built Bars and there are so many delicious flavors that there are some, there's something for everybody. Do you like fruit stuff? Then you can have a strawberry, orange, or uh, I just got a shipment of blueberry muffin, which was really good. Coconut, uh, chocolate, double chocolate, salted caramel. A bunch of different flavors for all kinds of tastes. If you've got a nut allergy, there are plenty of options for you. If you're on a keto diet, there's plenty. They all are good for you. Um, my favorite flavor, geez, it changes from time to time, but I'm a real salted caramel kick. I also like the mint brownie and the, um, just, well, all of them, all of them. <laughs> Check out the macros here. 17 to 18 grams of protein. 130 to 180 calories, four or five grams of sugar and net carbs. Uh, it's just amazing flavors. They're healthy. Go to built.com. You can see all of the flavors. They're constantly dropping new ones. They have flash sales all the time. Use the promo code LOCKED15. LOCKED15 works every single time. So if you want to try one flavor, if you want to get a mix box and then go back and stock up later, do it. Built.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order of the best tasting protein bar on the market. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Hey, thanks again for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Why not make your second listen, the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast? With Josh Lloyd, he is going to help you win your league. If you are the only person in your league listening to the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball Podcast and Josh Lloyd, then you are going to have a leg up. I'm telling you. Listen to that after you listen to Lockdown Celtics. You will not be disappointed. All right, Ime Odoka, first coaching stint there. Uh, certainly could have done some things differently, but also did, a, I think, a decent job. Just like everything else, we don't know. We just don't know. And I, I think one question I will ask Ime Odoka before the Toronto game is, so you watched the film, what did you learn about yourself? You know, I mean, that's, if you're going to be critical of the team and you're going to have your, you know, you're, you're going to be looking at everything and, and seeing, all right, what could we have done differently? Then he's got to look at himself and say, all right, in this situation, I could have, I could have done this. I could have used the timeout. I could have subbed somebody out. You know, like big time question about whether he used the the bench properly in the overtimes. It was just basically two teams of five playing all of those minutes and everybody just last man standing. So, uh, but I think after the game, the stuff that Tatum and Brown said, especially like Jason, Jason Tatum, was was kind of effusive in his praise. Jalen Brown especially was effusive in his praise, where he he said directly, the reason why I wanted to play was I didn't want to miss this game. I, I wanted to come out there and be there for our coach, which is extraordinary for, you, you, you don't hear a, a Celtics player, haven't heard a Celtics player talk like that about their coach in a long time, which is not a Brad thing. It's just that they're excited about Ime Odoka. And I've said before, these guys have advocated for Udoka for a number of reasons. He's a former player. 
Jalen even said that he's one of us, you know, even though he's a coach, he's one of us. That is very, very telling that Tatum and Brown, but Brown especially, has wanted that. Jalen Brown respects someone who's gone through the grind, that understands the NBA, the rigors of the NBA and playing in this league. Jalen respects that. So as a former player, he has Jalen Brown's ear. And I've said it before, these guys have advocated for a black head coach and they are not going to sit there and let a black head coach fail because they didn't give it their all. This is an opportunity the world is watching. They are going to give Ime Odoka their all. They're going to give him the absolute best shot to succeed because this is what they want. They want to prove that it doesn't matter. The race doesn't matter, but it unfortunately has. And so they're sitting there saying like, we're going to prove that it doesn't and, and they're going to play super, super hard for him. So when I go back and look at everything from so far this preseason in that one regular season game, the mistakes are correctable. And why I feel confident in these mistakes being corrected is these guys are super, super engaged. As engaged as a player is going to be in a coach. So these guys are going to go out there and, and do the work that is necessary to fix these mistakes. Because if they don't, then Ime Udoka fails. And they do not want that. So I am confident in these guys at least fixing these fixable mistakes. So uh, if they fail, then they fail. But it's not going to be out of laziness or a lack of effort. So that's super encouraging there. My last comments here from this podcast is a shout out to Paul Pierce, who made the 75th anniversary team. 20 different guys on the team have connections to the Boston Celtics. Uh, Paul Pierce, uh, I've saw some backlash and obviously there were some names that didn't make the, the team and people want to, you know, this is how, this is how lists go. You could list 500 and people will say that there are five people who didn't make that should have made it. You know, that's, that's just how lists go. And so, uh, I saw some backlash on the Paul Pierce thing, but of course Paul Pierce is one of the 75 best players in NBA history. Of course he is. Like you look at his stats and like 16th in all time in scoring is enough. <laughs> if you're in the top 16 in scoring in the NBA in all time, there's a really good chance you're going to make the top 75 list just from the scoring alone. Uh, you can say that, okay, he never made an all-star team. Okay. Uh, I mean, I never made a, an MVP. Uh, he never won MVP. That that's fine, but he made 10 all-star teams. Uh, he made five all NBA teams and he was a finals MVP and he's a champion. So I think the case is pretty clear. You know, I'm, I'm just looking down the accolades and all of the things that he's you, on the basketball reference page, you go down to the bottom and you can see he's 20th in, in, in the NBA in steals, he's, uh, let's see, 70th in two-point field goals. I'm just like randomly looking at, the, looking at these things. He's, he's 25th in total field goals. He's ninth in three-pointers, eighth in three-point uh, three attempts, 17th in minutes played, 15th in games played. He's very clear, 13th in total field goal uh, free-throw attempts, 
ninth in made free throws. He's constantly in that top. If you want to go all the way down to 75, he's constantly in that top 75 in most statistical categories that are relevant. But even if you go down to things like box plus minus, he's 41st. Uh, win shares, okay, he's 81st. Uh, well, that's win shares per 48 minutes. I'm sorry. Win shares, he's actually 22nd. Defensive win shares, 24th. Uh, offensive box plus minus. Like these crazy stats, 53rd. Um, he is 62nd in career triple doubles. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like looking at all of these things and everything in these all-time lists has him squarely in the top 75 and and beyond that. I don't know where the actual numbers ranked him, but that doesn't matter. Paul Pierce is one of the 75 best players in NBA history. You know, that's that's a given. I think that's pretty, pretty clear. Um, people on the outside, some Miami Heat fans might disagree. Some Lakers fans might want to disagree. But uh, it's, it's, I think, an objective fact. And so congratulations to Paul Pierce. Congratulations to all of the people who uh, were named to the 75th anniversary team, especially, and I'll just go down in alphabetical order, the, the players with Celtics connections, Ray Allen, Nate Tiny Archibald, Dave Bing, Larry Bird, Bob Cousy, Dave Cowens, Kevin Garnett, John Havlicek, Sam Jones, Pistol Pete Maravich, Bob McAdoo, Kevin McHale, Shaquille O'Neal, Gary Payton, Robert Parrish, Paul Pierce, Bill Russell, Bill Sharman, Bill Walton, and Dominique Wilkins. Now, obviously, players like Dominique and Gary Payton and Shaq had like little cup of tea with, with Boston, a little cup of coffee with Boston. Um, there were, but the connection is there. There they are. I, mean, I forgot about the Gary Payton run in Boston. But these guys are some of the all-time absolute best players in history. They deserve their spots in the top 75 a uh, special shout out to Dominique Wilkins, who made it as one of the, um, I, I see him as just this great um, adversary and just the respect. He didn't make the top 50 team. I thought he should have. Uh, respect for an adversary, I think, is is important. He and the Celtics had some great, great, great battles, epic battles. Um, he was on the short end of them because of different reasons, not because he wasn't great. But got to shout out Dominique because he's, he's an all-time legend. And I'm glad that he, the, the mistake of the top 50 was rectified with him. All right, that's the show. That's the Friday episode. I'll talk about this game uh, against Toronto on the Monday show. Unless something insane, crazy happens in this game that I have to talk about it, uh, I will do it in the uh, Monday episode. So make sure you're subscribed either if you're listening to it on the podcast or on the YouTube page, get your notifications on the YouTube page. So you get the videos once they drop. And of course, tell your friends, share the podcast, tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the lockdown Celtics podcast here on the lockdown podcast network.